Hello and welcome back to the N17 podcast. It's been a while since we last recorded an episode, owing to a mixture of schedule clashes along with the fact that football hasn't really seemed like the most important thing in life amid the ongoing coronavirus crisis. We wanted to wait until we could record content that could stand alone as an escape from the weirdness of our times, rather than adding to the endless speculation as to how the league should be finished. So we all thought, what better than to reminisce on last year's run to the Champions League final? starting with our second-leg quarter-final victory over Manchester City. Given the fact that we're used to sitting around a table, going off each other's gestures and cues as to when people should speak, and instead we had to do it on Zoom, the intro, let me tell you, was very difficult to record. So that's why you're hearing me, some sort of weird, omniscient narrator right now, rather than the three of us from the beginning. Anyway, we hope you and your families are staying safe during the lockdown, and we hope you enjoy the episode. not completely yeah definitely but yeah let's let's get on to uh happier times um it was one year ago last week that we had probably what we thought at the time was a result that was never ever going to be topped in in spurs supporting in our lifetimes of supporting spurs as it turned out it turned out to be probably the best result of our lives for about 20 days before we played ajax (laughs) but it was amazing, and I just feel like we had to we had to do a pod on it. So, um, yeah, a year, a year since City actually beat us in this game four three. <laughs> you always uh, forget that, innit? You always yeah, yeah. You actually beat us. It's, 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 it's the best loss of all time. Yeah, yeah. I, when I went to watch the highlights on YouTube, it said, um, "How do, how am I meant to explain to my kids that Tottenham lost, drew, and won this game at the same time? Because we drew four four <laughs> on aggregate." as well um, oh my goodness but yeah just the create just the absolutely mental game and I think for the neutral I don't I don't know if it's better than the Ajax for the neutral uh, possibly I, I, there, more stuff I, happened it was it was I think there was more action in this than there was in the the Ajax game because you had I think you had obviously the two VAR decisions you had four goals within the first what was it 12 minutes mm-hmm um, and obviously with the Ajax game it was only until up until like the last second which obviously for Spurs fans is probably the best you can get but yeah, for this game I think as a neutral it was probably one of the most exciting Champions League games of all time i say before we get into the nuts and bolts of the game let's, let's talk about the context around it a bit so I don't know after that Dortmund game let's go back around to the round of 16 after that Dortmund game we've beaten them 3-0 at home at Wembley and then beating them 1-0 away. I remember coming out of the the game at Wembley and going to meet my cousin and my uncle in the pub. And I remember saying to them, and my uncle's a City fan, actually, weirdly enough. And I said to them, I think we can beat anyone in this tournament, but I don't want City. Yeah. I, I had that feel. I, I started to have that belief that we, that we were going to do something in the Champions League, but I didn't want City. And this mm. is one of the things which, I, which I've forgotten, like, based on this year as well, is the fact that City last year 
had such a sort of like cloak of invincibility around them, mm. you it, it felt impossible to beat them. And I feel like people just assumed they were going to do the quadruple. Yeah. That year. So I was just wondering, obviously we won the first leg 1-0, which is why we went through having drawn 4-4. So going into this game at Etihad, uh, how were you guys feeling? Um, I, uh, my dad's a City supporter. Um, for those who've, who've been with us since the beginning, you know that from the first pod. <laughs> um, so that would be a shout out to anyone who's listened from the beginning. Um, but um, going into the, the game, it was right. My dad was the, the Spurs supporter and I was the City supporter because he was like, oh, you, you guys can beat us. Like, you guys can beat anyone on, on, on your day. And I'm just like, no, nah, no, nah, like, you guys are just like, no, nah, we can't do it. I was like, oh, no, nah, like, you, you guys are too good. You guys are basically the best team in Europe. Like, I, I, out of all the teams there, I felt like City were the, like, the toughest to beat over two legs. Yeah. I agree in the sense that, like, on any given day, like, we've proven that we can beat teams of City's calibre. We do it to City in the league. We've done it to, like, in a weird way, we've become a bit of a bogey team for them. They can't seem to quite, Definitely. like, beat us all the time. Um, so, over, in, one, in, one, in one game, yeah, maybe I'd give us a chance. But over two legs, I just didn't fancy us, especially with a basically non-existent midfield. Uh, Kane was out. Um, yeah. it, it seems like going into that game, the odds were stacked against us. Um, uh, yeah, so I was, like, nervous, very, very nervous in that first game. Um, but you know, a one-nil victory against City is nothing to be nothing to be a snivel at. Yeah, I, and that's the thing I think that your that your dad was probably talking about as well as that there there was a lot of feel-good atmosphere for Tottenham around that stage because we had just opened the new stadium and I believe that that City game was our second game at that new stadium mm-hmm. um, after beating Palace and then we, we beat them. And there was one thing which I forgot to mention as well was the fact that last season's run in the Champions League, the season before that, when we narrowly lost to Juventus, I think that gave me a belief in Tottenham in the Champions League at least, which to opposition fans seemed like they thought I was kind of like being uppity and overrating Tottenham. But I think if you closely followed Tottenham and you, and you closely followed particularly Pochettino's Tottenham, you had a feeling that on these one-off games, we could really do something. I, I really fancied us as like a, a European Cup t- Cup team. And um, mm. yeah, I remember, Jed, you were at the, the City home leg, weren't you? Yeah, 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 I went to them with my dad. Did that fill you with uh, sort of any belief uh, going to the Etihad? You know what? It, with Tottenham, like I think I've learned to I've come to learn now that you can't ever really build your hopes up with Tottenham. Um, the one nil result, result was brilliant. I thought we we played a lot better than City on the day. Um, so I thought going there one nil, we've we've definitely got a chance. But if we if we can sort of get through the first half unscathed, then I think we could probably go on to get a result. And obviously. You come to the second <laughs> and within three minutes, four minutes, Sterling rifles one into the corner. Yeah. And then there you're thinking, all right, well, the floodgates are going to open now. Yeah, straight uh, away, yeah. all square. Basically, yeah. instantly I, in the game, it's all square. We lost <laughs> In my head, I'm thinking, this is Tottenham all over. Yeah, this yeah. Is, this is all over. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure we all were. 
you go into the game with, with so much optimism and hope and then for it to just feel like it's been crushed within three minutes, it's just, it's just typically Tottenham. And then obviously the, the proceeding less than 10 minutes after that, it was, it was just a whirlwind, really. You, got, you had Sun scoring those two. Well, Edison was at fault for the first one. But the second yeah. one was so well taken. It's probably one of my favourite goals from Sun. Mm. As a and then he, he was flying at that stage. Yeah. Well. He was on some real yeah. good form. Because that's uh, when he was well, taking over the taking over the reins of um, Harry Kane because he was injured, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 He, he, got, got, he was on main. He scored in the first leg as well, yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think it was amazing. Um, sorry, like, yeah. I think it was amazing that um, like all our fears were like realised within three minutes. Yeah, like going into the game, any kind of like when when kick off when the, when the when the like opening whistle blew, I was just like, oh, like this we're 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 currently winning in this tie. Like we can win this game. Yeah. Like. I was excited for it. And then, like, literally, as soon as Sterling got to the edge of the box, I'm like, oh, this is 1-0. Like, yeah. It wasn't even just close like... to a goal. Like, he wasn't even close to a goal. I'm thinking, the fact that, yeah, Trippier just let him cut in there. Like, you just know he's going to rifle it into the court. And then he did. And I was just like, oh, you know, forget yeah. this game. And Lloris for it as well, you know. I think I still question for Lloris for it as well. I, I, I thought Trippier a little bit, personally. Trippier, Trippier as well, but I thought... I thought Larice could have probably got across a bit quicker. Yeah, um, but I mean, the, mm. you said it earlier, Eddie. The, the defensive displays from both sides in that game. <laughs> well, I think one of the reasons for that as well was um, when I was looking back at the the formation that we played in the lineup. People forget that Victor Wanyama, <laughs> like, <laughs> hadn't played for about three years for Tottenham Hotspur, and he yeah. plays in our two most important. Uh, yeah. Champions League games of all time against City and Ajax and played the full 90 minutes as well yeah. so um, yeah we we went up with a diamond uh, formation and we had the the standard at the back of Lloris, Trippier I think it was uh, Tonga and Alderweireld Rose and then we had a diamond in midfield Wanyama and Sissoko at the base Yeah, um, which let's be honest is not the, the most solid thing on that <laughs> Yeah, um, and then we had Ericsson and Delhi in front of them with Lucas and Son up top. Yeah, so I mean, in fairness, you can see how we could sort of hit City on the break at, at pace. And Lucas and Son, I don't know. We weren't saying this in the times when we were desperate for Piontek, but that looks okay on paper in terms of a counter-attacking team. Um, yeah. yeah, another thing which I thought at the time, but like I, I'd kind of forgotten until I watched the the highlights again was. This was one of the worst kit clashes ever. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> we were playing in light blue against light green, but with some we, random bits of black on the front. Or away kit. Our dark blue away kit. Would we have not just played in that? Well, well, I have no is, idea. This is the thing as well. I don't understand how the Premier League allowed us to have three kits which clashed yeah. with City's home kit. <laughs> we couldn't wear the white one, but even that would have been, I think, would have been less than a colour clash because yeah. half of that was blue. But mm-hmm. I feel like we didn't wear the navy one because it was because it had light blue shoulders, um, uh, had a light blue trim on the shoulder, and I think maybe for TV they were like, "Oh, you can't wear that." Because I heard um, TV the choose the kits. Oh, I really? Can't, I can't remember where I read it, but I heard the ref actually gets to select the kits for 
for the match days. Whoever the referee on the match day is. It was um is that it was Kunet Kakir. He's just oh, got yeah. such such a unique name. Yeah. Whenever Hard I forget quite heavily yeah. involved all game. Yeah, oh my goodness. He I mean like he's been involved in some of the most controversial Champions League decisions that um that like I can remember in, in, in recent memory. Um but yeah, if that's true, I think it might there might be some credence to that because I think if referees need to like pick the kit so like which one's clear for them when it comes to any kind of decisions to make yeah. offside and well with with VAR not so much, but with with like on on pitch decisions it probably like does matter if the referee can distinguish the two kits. Yeah. Um <laughs> but um yeah it's Matt <sighs> Going back to like the lineup, what you were talking about, Cosmo. Like, di- like when you when you think about how many midfielders that we had out in terms of defensive-minded midfielders, the fact that like Sissoko was like playing with one leg in the last, the, like the leg before mm. when we were against, uh, oh, was it, it Ajax or was it well, against Dortmund when he I, was I injured? Think, I think it, it was in both games because he got substituted at forty-two minutes for Lorente. He um, went down. Yeah, and I don't think we were behind on on the tie at that stage. No, I don't think we were. So, so like, literally we're playing with a broken Sissoko, uh, a, um, a, like, uh, a not match fit Wanyama, um, and a lightweight Ericsson who, not, who never tackles. Um, and I suppose Ali likes to get stuck in sometimes, but we were really, really like lightweight defensively. Mm. And like they, they passed around us so much that yeah. game. That was the one of the things I, I picked up on the highlights was that they were like, oh, I can't believe how easily they're just cutting through Tottenham. Like, every attack, they score a goal. But then somehow we, we also scored a goal. So, yeah, as we mentioned, the City take that early lead through Sterling. And as Jed was saying, as a Spurs fan, you're just thinking, here we go again. And then Son, in quick succession, hits in two. And I remember just thinking, oh, can we just get to, can we just get to half time with this in the bag? And it was crazy because I remember working it out in my head. I was like, okay, we've got a 2-1 lead. Now City need to win 4-2 to beat us, which sounded sort of like, when you say it, it sounds sort of improbable. But considering mm. that the game was 2-1 after 10 minutes and then 2-2 after 12, yeah. you, you just knew it was crazy. And I think, I don't know, at 2 at two two, twelve minutes. Like, can you can you guys remember what you were thinking? I don't know. Like, it's hard to think back to a year ago. But like, did you still? Think I mean, or I mean, the thing is, like, when when you think about the lineup, um, company was playing, and I and if you look at the highlights, company was definitely the weakest point in their in their defense. Yeah. Because he was so slow, um, and like he like basically turned like a dump truck. Yeah. Um, so like playing, um, like um, Winks, sorry, Winks, um, Son and and um, Lucas up front, um, like very much capitalizes on the like the mobility of of company, and we did attack him a lot. And if you look at players like Walker, who positionally has never been his strongest suit, um, we always have an opportunity on the break. Mm. That, um, it's like I guess. With the craziness of the match, you always like thought we had an opportunity to hit them on the break, we had the chance to hit them on the break. Um, but like 
losing Sissoko like definitely filled me with a bit of dread because mm. we only had uh, Wanyama as like a, a yeah. holding midfielder, and I thought, like, oh for goodness sake, we're already struggling with Sissoko on the team on 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 the pitch. I can't remember who the options on the bench were either. I think we had Skip. We obviously we had, had the Rafael, Davies, um, Foyt, yeah, Sanchez, and Walker Peters. I don't know. No if, I don't think we had Lamella. No Lamella. No. Lamella. So Sterling, three two at twenty one minutes. Yeah. And then somehow, like, I, yeah, I've just written on the notes here on on the highlights. Watching the highlights back, you just, you know, if you didn't know the score, you're thinking for anyone is going to go on and win this is City. But yeah. somehow we get into half time at three two, so we're still winning on the tie. Yeah. Um. And then for the next goal to come for this game, it actually takes quite a long time. Um, Aguero scores on 59 minutes. City have their 4-2 lead. We're going out. And it feels like, I think at that point, it felt like they, they were just going to yeah. crush us. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I thought it was going to get embarrassing. I thought it would be like... A... We were showing no attacking intent after pretty much after Sissoko went off. It sort of seemed like, yeah. right, we've got Lorente now. And as opposed to going from being like, uh, di- a direct quick transition yeah it was more of a alright let's see if we can get the ball long to Lorente hold it up get runners around him mm-hmm. and obviously you, I just don't really think that works against City and then like you say once they got, once they got the full fudge couldn't couldn't see it anyway back into it for us yeah absolutely absolutely and then I haven't actually written the, the minute but um, oh, it was the um, the 73rd 73rd minute, you have the infamous Lorente goal. And I remember <laughs> at the time, as soon as it went in, I was a bit like, oh, no. I was a bit confused. Like, I, yeah. I, it didn't I look even right. I it went in. I didn't even know if yeah. it went in. <laughs> Something yeah. about it just didn't look right. I mean, he, he's tried to head it and then it's gone down. It's, <laughs> it's, his hip, his thigh, and maybe his hands. And then we have this and even um, this is one of the funny things in the highlights is that BT had Peter Walton, a supposed expert referee, and from that angle it looks like it hits Lorente's thigh, and he's going, "Oh, it's hit his knee." That well, that's got off. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No one knew what was going on. No one knew what was going on. I mean, Peter Walton was was convinced it was the right decision. No yeah. one was going to tell him otherwise. Do you know where it was though? Well, obviously, when they're showing it back in that in that slow motion, you mm. see Lorente's like elbow jiggle. Yes, then, <laughs> yes, that, I remember I'm, that. I'm thinking, yeah, there's no way this is getting given now. Yeah, that, yeah. The whole VAR review, it felt like ten minutes of time. It felt. It like was. It, it pretty much was. <laughs> it just felt like so long. And then, oh yeah, Jed, I remember that. I don't know if it was Genus. But it was someone, maybe even Rio Ferdinand, because they had so much time they could just bring people in from the studio because yeah. the review yeah. was going on so long. And I think someone starts going, it's rippled his skin. And I just remember, <laughs> the TV, I was like, what are you talking about? This is a conspiracy theory. Like I was, I was like, shut up! He hasn't hit his skin. Like, and you know, you know, no one can hear you on the TV, and I'm just screaming at the TV for these people to shut up. Bury the truth. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want it to get out, and um, and yeah, 
deep down, yeah, you, you can. The ripple skin theory is true. <laughs> it has. It did hit his elbow because I think it was like what was it like ten minutes later they <laughs> they finally find a new angle and they're like oh yeah it's hit his hand but like from the angle that poor Kunet Kakir could see it did look like it hit Lorente's hip slash thigh slash knee. Um, I mean the the whole thing with with uh, like the the looseness around um, VAR and especially I think that season I don't know if it was this season or that season I think it was oh, it might have been this season um, like how like you know like if a handball gives the attacking team any advantage even if it's a- accidental mm. I think they changed it because of the those decisions if the yeah. attacking team gets any um, advantage to a handball immediately gets um, disallowed. That's when, like, you know, when we drew against City, when it hit yeah. Laporte's hand, because it, it, it accidentally hit his hand. It was legit an accident. Yeah, and yeah. they disallowed it. I think that's changed since that game. <laughs> it was such a ridiculous somehow, decision. Somehow managed to get the, the loophole both times. Usually I mean, that's, 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 that's unlike us. Before we, the, the week before we play a game, and then it happens to us the following week. Usually, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, yeah, it feels like feels like it happens to us. And then, um, yeah, the, probably the, the the absolute pinnacle, not probably the pinnacle of the drama, comes in the ninety second minute. It feels like we've held out, and uh, Christian Eriksen, he's being pressed. To be fair to him, there's nowhere to go. He's been instructed by Pochettino probably keep the ball. Um, it's better to have possession. Mm-hmm. And rather than boot it into their opposition corner, he does this dainty pass. And, oh, uh, sells Davies short. Yeah. He should have won Yama did. Because in it, that same game, when Yama, I think... He booted it. Was that the Ajax game? No, against City. Absolutely oh, it, sent it out the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was I, like one, yeah. I remember seeing it I was creasing. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I think it happened after after Ericsson's thing. Oh, was it? He yeah, 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 it was after. It was after. But then, yeah, so the ball's bouncing around, breaks to Aguero, pulls it back for Sterling, and I want to get <sighs> guys' reaction to this because I, I know I remember mine so well. Cause uh, there's a video of mine. So My mum took a video of mine. Uh, we might have to get that for the socials, I think. It's um, it's like one socials. of the. It's because I'm cry, like I might not even leak it because I'm crying <laughs> in the video. But uh, <laughs> it, it was it was mad because um, yeah, like I have never felt that kind of emotion mm. before and since. Maybe I think it was even more than the IX game, um, because the IX was like unbridled joy, where this was like unbridled pain. Yeah. Because it was just a mistake, yeah. and it felt like everything that we'd done was undone by a miss, like an underhit pass. And I was thinking, yeah, I just literally, um, I screamed, uh, like I sat on my <laughs> stairs, like a primal scream. Yeah, I just sat on my stairs. Yeah, and I was like, it's game over. Like, and the thing is, what you just described, that's so Spursy, if I've ever heard it. Yeah. For yeah, fully. everything to be unlocked by one under-hit pass, one mistake, that's, that's Spurs. Just loves to shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like my 
yeah, my re- I remember it so well. I, I have this sort of like um, this this it's like a suit. It's called Bond suit, and it's like uh, I remember I sent it to you guys before before a cop. Mm. It's, it's not a suit. It's like a sort of like French workers thing. It's kind of yeah. like like a workwear thing. And I was yeah. wearing that for some reason. I don't actually wear it that often. Don't know why I wore it for that game, but it was kind of like baggy. I had this like sort of baggy jacket on, and I know people listening to this can't see on zoom but i just remember sterling put in and i took the the back of my jacket i leaned forward and i pulled the jacket over my head like that and i went into this just cocoon of misery i just <laughs> you went it. into the fetal, the I, fetal yeah position. i was in the fetal, fetal position. position i was in the fetal position and i was and i cocooned myself and i remember i just i was thinking like there's I, no words, there's no words I, I, to, to even describe it i really wanted the ground to swallow me up like it was literally that feeling and not only that i had a flashback to every single time spurs had ever let me down and i i remembered um being outside in my garden in 2006 after lasagna gate and uh after after we lost to west ham (laughs) the whole team got food poisoning and that was the first time i really thought what what kind of club do I support? What is this? Yeah. <laughs> and I remember thinking back to my like nine-year-old self or whatever and thinking... What kind of club do I support? Why, why have you done this to yourself? It's happened again. It's happened again and you've gone back again. <laughs> it's abuse. I was, in a, um, I was in a pool bar surrounded with quite a few Spurs fans and quite a lot of Arsenal fans. And... Um, Literally, as soon as Ericsson played that pass and I saw Aguero through, I was like, this is it. I was like, I knew, I knew it was going to happen. And then it went in and I, I, I went mad. I, just, I had to walk out of the pool bar and stand outside on my own for <laughs> two, three minutes. And I was, I was saying to myself, like, do I really want to do this anymore? <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't keep having this disappointment every single time with this club. It's a relationship. It's a beautiful relationship. Story with this club. This is what I'm. This is what I was saying. And then, so I could still see the TV, like very slightly from where I was standing outside. And then I think someone like Phoebus or Beadle run outside and they go, "It's been disallowed. It's been disallowed." <laughs> I ran inside. I ran inside inside pool bar and I started screaming, screaming all like the Arsenal guys' faces and yeah, like that. And like you say, it's just. From in that moment, you go from like zero to a hundred, and I don't think, I don't think any any other sport can really give you those emotions. Hundred percent. No, yeah. I mean, everyone watches different sports, but I think there's so many highs and lows in football, which you yeah. don't really get in other sports. And that was that was probably one of the probably top three happiest moments supporting Spurs for me. Yeah, I think I had. The, the 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 like amazing thing with when I was watching it is that I had the experience from both sides because I was watching it with my dad. Mm-hmm. So when the when the Sterling goal goes in for him, this is euphoria. Yeah, it's it's legit like euphoric. Like he just like jumps up, starts screaming, starts like like running around, and I'm just. I'm crying. I'm just, I'm in bits. So I'm sitting on my stairs. I can't take it. And then the flip of emotions when 
the VAR check is going on, and then you just see like Aguero's like the tip of his arm or foot or whatever. Yeah, it wasn't even that offside. It's, it's, <laughs> like it's like barely offside. I feel like offside. It's offside. <laughs> it's, it's offside. And then they and then like you see Kenya do the yeah 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 yeah. What do you what do you oh, see him do? And, and then he just and he's just like ah. Oh. That's when it. Cha- that's when my like it felt like my life changed. I was just like, <laughs> did that your just happen? Peaked. Your life peaked until twenty days later. Yeah, yeah. that's the crazy thing. You, I remember thinking it's never ever going to get better than this, and it somehow did. Which we will do a pod on, but we need to do a pod on that as well. Yeah, I I don't remember. The weird thing is, I don't remember my jubilation as much as the misery just leading up to it because I feel like it became like an out of body experience after that. Because I'd never been on that much of a, like, footballing low. Yeah. And then for all of a sudden, for this, like, release, like, it really was, like, out-of-body experience. I remember my dad, he, he has his own way of dealing with football things, and he just got up and went for a piss. I think he'd been holding a piss. And, <laughs> and so I, I had to, like, I almost, like, when I saw it was offside, I almost, like, fucking smashed down the door, like... <laughs> It's been allowed. It's been allowed. Uh, this loud. This loud. But I, I've got some of the because um, I had so many gooners at uni just like abusing me, and then I I, I sent some voice notes back. Um, I've got some of them. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to break the mic. This one. This one. I sound disgusting him. But this one is not even a human noise. I love this one. <laughs> what is like that, bro? I don't know. I don't even know how I made that noise. That's actually dinosaur. You're a dinosaur, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bro, if someone put that in a Jurassic Jurassic Park movie, like when a dinosaur opens his mouth, I'd be like, yep. Yep, that's legit. <laughs> but, and then one of the things as well, watching the highlights, is uh, I forgot just how emotionally connected we were with, with Poch's Tottenham because I just remember feeling like, oh, I don't know, I was thinking like, this is, I was thinking about Poch and I was thinking, this is what it is to be a man. Like, I, just, I just loved it. <laughs> it was just like the pinnacle of a, of a leader because... The, the thing which I think was great about Poch's reign, and it comes out in his autobiography as well, is that he would—he is quite spiritual. So I feel like he mm. really had created like a massive connection um, with the fans, and it was just like sheer admiration. Like I was just in love with with Poch at that moment, and and finally you see him at the final whistle. He lets everything go. He's screaming like with the rest of the coaching stuff. Yeah. Oh, and that's I mean, was. like, it was the, also the balance of like watching his joy compared to um, com- compared to uh, Pep, who was on his knees. Yeah, uh, it was it was literally it was poet it, it was poetry. It was mm. a Greek. It was a, it was a, it was a Greek it was Greek mythology right in front of our eyes. Just the like the at the point of tragedy came absolute joy and jubilation, and it's just like it like like Jed said like it's a moment that you know 
football, like only foot for me, only football brings. Like obviously, we got a big section of our fan base, and we get a lot of abuse for you know our trophyless, all of this stuff. But there, there's almost like a philosophical aspect to it, in the sense that I feel like these experiences which we had are no more devalued just because we didn't win um, the 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 cup in Madrid against Liverpool. I was devastated, but like the route there, the games there were, it, it was, it was an amazing cup run. I thought yeah. it was probably, it probably gave us our two, our two most happiest moments as, as Spurs supporters. Those, those two legs are probably for me anyway, aside from the, the actual Carling cup win, uh, the two, two most happiest, happiest moments. As a Spurs fan, for me, yeah, I'd have them have over you, the Carling Cup win every day. You see, you see people on Twitter, like you just said, just just because you haven't won the cup, it doesn't it it doesn't take away the value of those games because yeah. in the moment, like it's it's just so important, and you just got you've just got to ride with the, these emotions in football. Just because you don't win something at the end of it, doesn't automatically take away from everything you've done before that is it was, it was honestly amazing and yeah like you got like talking about exactly what you said Cosmo about Pochettino being so spiritual and his like his his style was to in essence bring like togetherness and like it was shared like you like with with the team that he created and the environment that he created it bled into the fans in that it's a shared win and it's a shared loss. Yeah. Everyone felt that gut in emotion when the mm-hmm. goal went in. And everyone who's connected to Spurs felt that utter like, joy when, when it was disallowed and when the final whistle went right. And like, I don't know, <clears throat> I don't know what the like successes will have with Mourinho if there are, if there, if there are any, hopefully they are. Um, but well, if there's any football, yeah. When 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 it comes back, if we're not, you know, if we're not in like some post-apocalyptic world, um, but with with Potch, it's just like everything felt so emotional, and yeah. that was like, yeah, that was like a re- an emotional release. We'd gotten past the stage that we got to lot from the season beforehand. Um, we overcame uh, we overcame one of the like the most difficult moments uh, that we had that season uh, it was just yeah it was just magical man and it and it makes like it's the romance of football mm-hmm. um, and like people can wax lyrical about unbeaten seasons um, and like 60 game winning runs and like like thrashing every team to the final but that's not as enjoyable as overcoming odds as being the underdog and winning. Um, so yeah, the, the irony being this, like the best loss of all time yeah, as a Spurs fan, yeah. um, it rings really true because it's just like, yeah, that's just literally the magic of football. Perfectly sums it up really. And then, um, yeah, 20 days later. Uh, I think we knew at this time we were going to be playing Ajax, didn't we? Because they played the day before. Yeah, yeah. We knew, we knew it was going to be 
you knew it was going to be Ajax. And I remember I, I had my dissertation at this stage and then I had exams coming up. This this was the crazy thing. Like I was probably in one of my most stressful in terms of like a work and uh, school environment times of my life. And then you would just have these moments of pure escapism uh, every fortnight on a Wednesday. Yeah. And uh, just this absolute insanity for just, just an evening. Um, so, yeah. I'll I'll never I'll never forget those moments and I remember strongly considering when it, like I really wanted to go to Amsterdam for the away leg. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So ticket prices went crazy. Yeah, I just wanted to be in the city, even if even if I couldn't get a ticket. I remember, but I had an exam like two or three days later. My mate who I had a season ticket with this year, sit next to him. He he went even though he had an exam two days after. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just couldn't risk it. Like I just know it. it come on, you if you were there, there, yeah. Even if you get stuck there, like if you were there and you oh my god, that result, there's no yeah. way you'd be able to hold. You you would have to be that like the most uh, stoic person not to celebrate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, did, Jed, did you you looked into going, didn't you? To, to yeah, Amsterdam. Yeah. Well. I looked at it and then I think I actually looked the day after the game. I looked at flights and yeah, that just shut the whole thing down. Yeah. Like there, there is... Do you not consider driving, mate? <laughs> I was like, there's, there's no. And on top of that, it's going to be impossible to get a ticket. Tickets yeah. probably would have been like at least 300 quid. Um, it, just, it just wouldn't have been reasonable, really. Mm. But. Um, yeah, I was tempted tempted to just go for the for the atmosphere in in the city itself, but I don't think I don't think anyone else was really really on it at the time. So mm. I think it would have been nicer to go with someone else. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely we'll relive that um, it, when the anniversary comes. I can't remember when it is. It, it might be in a week from now or two weeks from now. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, we definitely got to do a pod on that. We might yeah. even do a pod of the first leg and the second leg, even though the first leg was was quite uneventful. But um, yeah, 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 we won't go into that too much right now. And then, okay, this is a way to bring us back down to earth after that amazing nostalgia. Um, Got to say, I love talking about that, man. That was uh, yeah, love yeah. reminiscing about that. That's that a wonderful really moment. Yeah. So um, yeah, back to reality: coronavirus and football. Um, so we, we had the whole drama of the Spurs were I think the first to announce maybe the second after Mike Ashley and Newcastle mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, deciding to furlough all staff on the 31st of March two weeks later the decision was reversed and like, what were your reactions I remember when I first saw the rumour um, I was quite yeah I was just like this doesn't sit right if we've got you know, the kit man who's making an honest living and probably not much money at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like staff at the stadium having to take a 20% pay cut. Whereas like that could be probably covered by like 20% of Harry Kane's wages or something. Yeah. I mean, not even 20%, sorry, like 1%. Um, it, yeah, that was, yeah, it was very very disappointing but at the same time I kind of did see the the business side behind it as well because football um football clubs run a very like tight ship in terms of 
the profits they make and the ins and outs yeah. every year. So, yeah, what what were your guys' thoughts on that? Um, to be honest, like, I was... There was two, like, main emotions. It was that I felt... Initially, I felt sorry for the club, um, for the people who are, like, who work for the club, um, for people who, like, work on match days, for people who maintain the stadium, and everyone from, like, the cookers, cleaners, um, people who, like, set up stands, people who... Anything, really. Um, do the like groundsmen like suffering um whilst like players are getting paid their wages um for like whilst those those staff may still be doing their job and footballers aren't um so i was i felt really like there's like a deep sadness because i was just like a club of our of our stature one of like the richest clubs um in europe uh that we found out recently um it felt just morally wrong that we were um, allowing this to happen just because there was a government scheme that allowed it to do so, allowed us to do so. Because we're in a position, unlike maybe some businesses, um, where we have the funds to not do this. And we also are in a unique position where there's 20 odd people who are earning more than 50,000 pounds a week. Eh, Like it's not many companies or or you know businesses where people like you have multiple people earning 150 200,000 pounds um in a year let alone a week so like I, it just felt wrong um and then that subsided and it just became like a frustration because it tarnished like the the club's reputation as a working man's club i believe like a club that has like always had the the community of Tottenham um, the area, uh, London, and like just working class people at the heart of the club, and I think that it 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 went quite a long way to destroying that reputation a bit. Mm. Eddie put it put it perfectly. To be honest, I was just I was just a bit ashamed. Really, I mean, he's he said pretty much everything that needs to be said. But at the same time, I I know people were saying about um, how players need to should be sacrificing their wages. And I agree. I think players could, could do their bit, but I don't think players should be forced to, to sacrifice their wages. I think if they want to, and they want, they want to be a good person in this, in this whole thing and help others out, then, then that's great and that they can do that. But at the same time, there's, like Eddie said, then, then people rely on that money. They, they need it for their income, for their, for their daily living and everything like that and to have that taken away from them when really we were just taking advantage advantage of the government scheme when we didn't need to Mm. we we most certainly have the funds to pay pay everyone there we could have we could have just even put it forward to the players and said all right guys here's what we want to do we want to suggest that maybe you do take a 10 percent cut and that's going to go towards helping with the running of the rest of the club so those those staff um and I think I think I said saw, saw somewhere that the the people didn't even know until twenty minutes before before it was announced. Mm. That's terrible. Which I didn't that, know that. that that in itself is is pretty disgusting. Like to not give them any sort of time to prepare for it, or even like 
comprehend what's about to happen. Or, or even like communication with, yeah, exactly. with stuff. Exactly. It was it was just yeah, like like you said, it just didn't sit sit well with me at all, and I was pretty pretty ashamed of it. I think one of the only positives to come out of it was the fact that we did see fan power actually properly yeah. exercised for one time. So every yeah. time Spurs yeah. would tweet something, you would see the replies were full of people saying, I'll oh, pay your staff, pay your staff. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I was just wondering, like, whether, I, I don't know, it was just like a sort of throwaway thought, but, like, whether fan power can be extended to other things and maybe we can see more changes in football uh, based on fan power, maybe in terms of what happens in Germany when, um, you know, you see those protests about bringing ticket prices down. and Because I think one thing that this is underlined as well, the fans having the the ability to, to change the, the mind of the of the board is the fact as well with football about to be placed behind closed doors. For me, I think football will lose a lot of its meaning with the... I don't know how much watching Spurs versus Leicester with no one in the stadium, but the players have Premier League badges on their on their arms. How much am I really going to think, oh, this is a Premier League game, like with no one in the stadium? How excited am I? Like, there's no way I'm going to be shouting in front of my TV, like sending that VN of the, of the City game. Like, yeah. Sometimes you forget yeah. how important fans are when you're just watching yeah. at home on TV when... You know, I, I think this sort of thing kind of like underlines, you know, how vital fans are in football, really. For sure. I think um, whether or not we decide to finish the season behind closed doors, um, I think the decision to over overall that initial that initial uh, furlough decision. Um, Yes, like it's a really positive thing. I think the most like, fundamentally, it's an absolutely positive thing that, like, re- re- responding to backlash um, and doing essentially the right thing um, is really great to see. I think in the long in the long run, like, it won't hurt Spurs financially too much, um, and it's just a case of like, you know, I think uh, as a club, we 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 we've notoriously tried to, you know, be as like let's say, economically shrewd as possible. Um, but I think the decision to, 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 to not furlough staff and to pay, pay their wages, you know, um, it goes a long way to, to uh, recontextualising football, as you said, without the, without the fans. It, football feels like an empty game. Uh, it feels like millionaires kicking around the ball for 90 minutes. It doesn't feel like a, a sport that we would love. Um, it just feels like a like a like a like a game. Um, there are real emotions. People's lives are dedicated to football. People like spend their wages on tickets and match days and traveling. Um, and to lose that connection to your club um, it just doesn't make much sense to me. Uh, it would it would be a purely financial decision, I believe, to to continue the season, um, which is fair enough. Football is also a business, but yeah, it doesn't it doesn't have the same impact on our lives if you know we're not allowed to share it with the club. Yeah, do you feel like the the season should be voided then, or do you think 
they should try and finish it, or or what do you think? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know what I don't know what Jed thinks. I think it's a dangerous, like it puts us in a dangerous position if we can <laughs> potentially like avoid a season. Uh, I'm not I'm not I'm not saying I'm on Liverpool's side on this, but to avoid a season where like a club's like twenty points ahead, um, I think that like realistically no one's going to catch him even if it's mathematically possible um and so avoiding the season not allowing them to be champions i don't know how much harm it would do um and also i can see the other side like continuing the season behind closed doors it's not right and i think <laughs> I, as a Spurs fan, I want it to be voided. As a as a footballing fan, I think we're opening ourselves up to something pretty distasteful and dangerous if we do void it. I think if if it's possible where we can get the season finished by a reasonable date to then continue next season, I think that should be done. Although it's going to have to be done behind closed doors, but I think, like Eddie said, football's a business. Um, they're going to have to protect next season too. Um, then if you avoid this season, obviously the whole Liverpool situation. Uh, relegated teams as well, I forgot to add. Yeah, relegated teams, promoted teams from the, the divisions below everything. And these these teams rely on the money that they're going to be making from positions finished and stuff like that. Um, you've got European competitions. I think it's just, it's just going to open up too many, too many discussions where too many clubs are going to be unhappy. So I think if if safe to do so and if we can get it done by, say, maybe mid-beginning of September, I would say try and complete the season and then maybe try and... I don't know what they would do with next season. You'd have to try and find a way around it. But mm. I'd, they're, they're in a difficult position. I don't, I don't envy them because I don't know. I really don't know what's, what's going to happen at this stage. Yeah, and I suppose it's a it's a changing situation all the time. By next week or by the time we record the the Ajax pod, I mean so much possibly could have yeah. changed. So yeah, they're saying the Bundesliga might start up within a couple of weeks, but um, interesting. They've been dealing dealing with it a lot better over there than we have here. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... Timeline wise, they're definitely at least a couple of weeks ahead of us. Yeah, um, I'd say far, far more, far more than a couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just in terms of like reaction, as not not in terms like it just in terms of sorry, not reaction in terms of like the like infection rate and stuff. In terms of reaction, we are so far behind a lot of countries, um, but just because we we don't for some reason, unlike other countries, we don't have the inbuilt infrastructure to deal with uh, like a, a pandemic of this scale. Um, which is insane, um, considering we're one of the most developed countries in the world. Um, so, you know, that's obviously a whole other discussion. Um, but in regards to football, you're right, it's like a changing landscape all the time. We could be opening up the country in a month. We could be in lockdown until September. It, it's, yeah. it's a, the, the, <laughs> the, the landscape that we're, uh, that we're discussing is just constantly changing. Um, and at the heart of it should be safety, like player safety, staff safety, and then general public safety as well. Um, obviously, there isn't any way that we're going to be sending people to stadiums, filling out 60,000, 70,000 uh, 
capacity stadiums because that would be completely and utterly um, irresponsible. But even playing, you know, 11 players on the pitch, people's yeah. sweat and spit and, you know. At least 50 or people there. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? At least. For every game. Um, and is that safe? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, it's about safety rather than financial decisions, rather than political decisions. It's about safety. It's, if it's safe to finish the season, then I do want to see it finished. Mm. Uh, if the just on a purely footballing perspective if the season does get played out I suppose one of the nice things is we will actually have a fully fit squad apart from uh, maybe yeah Yeah, exactly Uh, uh, um, minus probably Son Hyun-min he's going to be in the army still I'd probably be back by the time we start the season yeah you'd hope so early a month yeah yeah, I think they're trying to start it if they can in June. I think if they what, second week of June. What a mad time for Son! It's just like <laughs> lost football. He's been forced to go and do thirty days in the army. It's just All with a broken arm. Yeah, uh, yeah, and a broken arm as well. <laughs> Crazy. Apparently, he gets treated like a king, though, so it's not too bad. Yeah, like Ronaldinho in that uh, Paraguayan prison. The prison, yeah. <laughs> that was like good feathers for him. Honestly, that there needs to be a film about that. I think one of the last things to cover is uh, Spurs' attitude to isolation. So, on the one hand, I think we have been good in terms of um, stadiums being opened up uh, mm. for North Mid to use, um, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, Jose has been helping out uh, locally. Um, he's been helping to yeah. deliver food to old people and whatnot. But then yeah, he's now helping time, deliver it to the stadium as well. Recently, yeah. just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We we're using the the garden at the training base to grow food for yeah North Mid, which is good. But um, at the same time, you just have this weird backdrop of our players keep getting caught not isolating. The latest being Serge Aurier <laughs> and uh, Sissoko. <laughs> being... I, should, I shouldn't laugh because it isn't funny. But what happened? Ridiculous. It's I, ridiculous, I was, isn't it? I was despairing too much to actually click the story. I was just... I, you know what? I still haven't read it. Like, like you, I didn't really want to click on the story. I'm done with hearing negative stuff about Tottenham. Yeah. I just read the headline and that was it. Yeah, no, I, I'm the same. But, but it was the latest in um, what you could even argue was a bad pattern potentially set by Jose Mourinho because we were the last club to, to halt our training. We, we were training yeah. until like really late. So, um, yeah, so we had that and we had Mourinho and Ndombele having their uh, private training session. Yeah. Um, and Sanchez. Yeah, r- running in the same park. So yeah. they were probably coming into contact. Not even a park, Hadley Common. Literally just a green along like one of the busiest roads in like Barnet. I mean, so just reading. Just so <laughs> just read- they were wearing their purple coats as well. Like, oh my God. Just you reading know? what, have you, uh, so uh, Aria and Sissoko did a joint, um, uh, joint, uh, what do you call it, statement. They yeah. were just like, they said, we wish to apologise for not setting the right example here. We recognise that as professional footballers, we have a responsibility to be role models particularly during this uncertain period that everyone around the world is facing. We must all respect the government advice to minimise the amount, the number of lives lost during the pandemic. We cannot thank NHS staff enough for their tireless work at this time. And we shall both be making 
a financial donation to show our support to their efforts. It's like a mafia tribute, like when, uh, when they kill someone. For how, a how hard is it? Like, how like, hard is it? Just take some money. <laughs> like, how hard is it to, to? It was. They weren't even like hanging out. They were literally training together. Is that is that so? Yeah, I just couldn't even be bothered to click it. I was just like Ario put a video on social media of him wearing a mask while running shuttles, sitting next to midfielder Sissoko. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking sake. could you not just do that over bro we're doing a podcast over zoom i'm not at your yard yeah that is one of the things i've liked uh to be fair the the spurs zoom training sessions yeah yeah they look jokes yeah. everyone's, everyone's going uh going for the eric diet now aren't they yeah Larice, Larice, latongan um yeah diet uh, soon soon <laughs> Soon come. Imagine if Kane goes bald, he would fully make like no club would ever like. Um, rival fans already hate him because he's like ugly, right? If he shaved his head, oh my god, we'd never <laughs> hear the end of it. Full Shearer. Yeah, he should just get the crescent. Maybe he'll score more goals. He'd never get. Well, I don't think he'll ever get a move to Real Madrid, but he's never getting a move to Real Madrid. Shaved head. <laughs> Thomas Gravison. Yeah. Yeah, at least there's precedent. They have signed some board players. I mean I mean Beckham shaved his head when he was at Madrid, but that's far 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 cry from from what 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 Kane would look like with a shaved head. Yeah, Beckham can do what he wants. (laughs) Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know, going forward. So, sorry, what were you going to say, Cosmo? Yeah, I was just going to say one of the last things that I've seen that's been suggested, suggested is that um, all the players might move into Hotspur away so that they can train. Mm-hmm. So that they're quarantining together, but it doesn't really seem like a good idea to me. Like, these no. people have, like, young families, like Adavira, Vatonga, like, just keeping... So many of them, yeah. yeah keeping, like, 30 men just pent up together in a like basically like a hotel <laughs> they'll hate each other yeah moving like that like show on netflix thing. too hot to handle i don't know i don't know what that mate, is what is that mate it's it's um it's uh it's like netflix love island basically oh yeah is it american yeah but the the, the concept the, the concept, the concept is so, it's it, it, it's so bogus because like, it basically the like the rules are like, they can't have sex for a month or something, and like the prize like a hundred grand. I'm just like, are you lot, are you lot okay? It's a month. Yeah. <laughs> it's a month. Like, is it that hard? <laughs> but you know, what makes money? Eh, ripping off Love Island. Yeah, yeah man. Well, maybe that's what Prime are doing. I mean, they're still still filming things, aren't they? That, that oh, could be their rival. Weird, that, I cannot believe, like, I, I can't, I cannot believe that this is the season that they chose to film. It will actually be amazing. It, it will be amazing to see. I, I'm quite looking forward to it. I don't. Hopefully, we don't come out too badly in it, but we probably. Oh, will. I think we're way past that. Yeah, <laughs> we're way past that. The thing is, the season getting ended by like a. Uh, What's it called? Well, like a natural disaster. What's it called? Force mayor. Force of nature. Force of what yeah, is it? Force mayor. Force yeah, mayor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the best thing that could have happened for this season. Yeah, yeah. 
that that has kind of spared our blushes a little bit, I think. Well, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. We'll see like what the like the future holds for the Premier League, uh, for like the FA. Really, um, it's a very very stressful time for them, um, and like we have to realise that like they're making decisions like for millions of people's lives mm. um, and their livelihoods, and it's just kind of like how do you make the best decision for everyone so obviously football but in the wider sense in terms of like humanity <laughs> is like very unimportant but it also is like de- like the dedication of people's lives yeah. and like it's like it's like people's living um like how people make their living and so like they've got a very very important decision to make and i wouldn't want to be wouldn't want to be in their shoes yeah yeah 100 percent. well i think that kind of rounds the podcast off pretty much um yeah thanks for having us cosmo it's lovely lovely chatting <laughs> chat in your, your gaff again Le- pleasure pleasure <laughs> your face yeah. it's nice to see you, you two's face it's been a it's been a, a hot minute yeah, yeah it's been time it's been time we yeah, I, that's good definitely let's definitely let, we can we can carry this on 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 war zone the gulag time yeah. Gulag after yeah, gulag. I'll yeah. back a gulag after. Got to, got to. And then um yeah, we'll probably we'll we'll do a pod either this week or uh, sorry, next week or the week after for, for Ajax as well. Wicked. So yeah, yeah. Good to catch up with you guys. Yeah, it's nice catching up with you, man. Yeah.